0: Hi there, and welcome to Gay Men's Life Lab, the podcast that's all about personal growth for gay men. My name is Buck Dodson, and I'm a licensed therapist and board-certified life coach who's committed to helping you thrive. Each week, we go all in on what it takes to live a full and healthy life with loving relationships, engaging work, a sense of purpose, and all the joy you deserve. And of course, we do all this with our unique perspectives and experiences as gay men. So before we get into today's episode, if you want to learn more about me and the topics I discuss on this podcast, please visit buckdodson.com. And with that, thanks for tuning in and let's get started. Today's episode is about conflict. Uh, no, not how to have more of it. You already know that, just like I know that. Uh, but how to resolve conflict. You know, i am been watching the news recently, as I'm sure you all have, you know, looking at social media and all around us is so much conflict uh, it's literally in the streets and it feels just so uh, i feel so helpless i feel so powerless often in in how to help and how to be part of the solution to this conflict that feels like it's so entrenched in our culture and you know specifically i'm talking about the conflict uh, the the conflicts around racism and the conflicts around social justice and racial justice and police brutality and there, I mean so much more but that's what's happening today as I as I record this podcast so my take on that is first and foremost is to really try to understand and tune into the heart of the human experience of that conflict which is the anger the hurt the the injustice, the the rage even, and the fear. There's just, there's so many emotions that everybody is feeling, that I'm feeling, that you're feeling. And it's really overwhelming. And what happens is I think we get overwhelmed with all those feelings and then the conflict just gets worse. And then we're at each other's throats and constantly fighting. And in this perpetual battle with each other, and it's a important conflict to be having, of course, and we need to be we need to be in conflict about this stuff. We need to be arguing and figuring out how to make this work. But the key is we need to figure out how to make it work. And I think what was happening, and this is what what I want to talk about today, because it happens in couples, it happens in relationships with family members, it happens with people you know, at work, just the people that you go to work with every day is that we get into conflicts, but we don't know how to resolve them. We don't know how to heal our wounds when we get wounded and when we, when we wound another person. So, the way that I try to first understand how to resolve conflict on the broad scale, on the larger social and cultural scale, is to really kind of pull back so today's episode is really all about looking at that conflict, not on the you know mass scale, but really on the smaller scale. Looking at conflict in our own hearts, in our own lives, conflict with the people that we are in relationship with every day, our boyfriends, girlfriends, our husbands, our wives, our mothers and dads and sisters and friends. And, and even our colleagues, you know, the person who is sitting across from you in the living room right now, those are the conflicts that, you know, so often we don't even know how to deal with. So, how are we going to deal effectively with conflict on a larger scale? So, let's talk about that and let's talk about how potentially getting better at dealing with conflict in our own life, in our own closest relationships, could potentially help us deal with conflict on a larger level. So so have you ever had those conflicts that are, you know, those arguments, those fights with people close to you that are just like the, the thing you come around to again and again? It's like the same thing over and over, and you're just so sick of it, and it's so tiring and exhausting and infuriating, Yes, I would hope you said yes to that. Uh, I certainly have had those and have those in the therapy and personal growth biz. We call those uh, gridlock conflicts, meaning that you know you get into them and it's just, just like you know you get stuck and trapped and you don't know how to get out, and all you you just keep um, the harder you try to get out of them and the harder you try to resolve it, the worse it gets. Yeah, those are gridlock conflicts. And so often what happens is we just kind of wear ourselves out when we're having those. And we end up basically just in defeat. And then we walk away uh, really wounded and we retreat and we nurse our wounds on our own. And then we come back together when it seems like the coast is clear, um, but we don't talk about it. We don't talk about what happened because we don't know how to talk about it. And we're scared to talk about it because it's like, well, if I bring it up again, we're just going to end up fighting. And so, you reenter your relationship that's really important to you with this person that you really care about and love, um, but you're a little bit more armored up every time you have a fight like that, that you don't know how to really resolve. And you come back into the relationship feeling like, yeah, I don't, you're not, maybe you may be, you don't think about this on a conscious level, but you're like, this is a problem and we don't have a solution to it. And I don't know how many more times I can go around this particular issue and come back to this particular issue and not have a resolution. And so slowly that chips away at our hope in the relationship. It chips away at our empathy for the other person. And it really kind of is is toxic to our relationships. So, and, and this happens all the time in couples Um, I, you know, I work with couples, coach couples, I counsel couples, and I'm thinking of a a couple recently that I saw, they really loved each other and were really just two sensitive, beautiful people. And they really wanted to understand why they kept coming around to the same issues. As much as they loved each other and as much as they cared about each other and as much as they wanted to be together. They kept wounding each other. They kept hurting each other. So in our first session, of course, I was asking them questions and getting their history and and learning more about them. And I asked them, how do you repair after you've had one of these arguments that you're telling me about? You know, how do you uh, come back together after a fight? And they both just looked at me like, what do you mean? What do you mean repair? That had not occurred to them. All they knew was that they knew how to get into fights, they knew how to hurt each other's feelings, and then they knew how to kind of pull away from each other when that would happen. And then gradually, you know, after some period of time, not talking to each other, they'd come back together and just sort of hope that whatever had happened would would go away. Um, And they were understandably afraid to revisit that topic for fear that another fight would break out. So, what was clear to me in that first session was that they were only aware of how to rupture, but they didn't know how to repair that rupture. So, rupture and repair, that's some, some personal growth jargon uh, for some fancy jargon for like conflict resolution. So, every relationship is going to have conflict. It's natural. It's actually healthy. It's inevitable that we're going to disagree and we're going to, you know, argue and we're going to fight and we're going to have conflict with the people that we love. That's just a part of the deal. That's actually how we learn to build trust with each other and and learn how to set boundaries with each other and learn, you know, how to listen to each other is through these, these conflicts and arguments. But so often, we don't know how to move from the conflict that is inevitable and that is healthy, but that is only really valuable if we know how to move from it into how to repair the conflict. So, you go from the conflict to the repair, or the rupture to the repair. So, with this couple, it was clear that they didn't have the skills to repair. No one had ever taught them how to come back and really understand And make sense of what happened in the conflict, and then repair, and get past it. So it was a real game changer for them to to develop some skills and to get some tools about how to repair, and just to know. um, And it was actually very relieving for them to know that hey, we were we were missing a big piece of the the puzzle here. You know, we were thinking it's just all. It's just all pain. It's all conflict. It's all fighting. Um, and in the meantime, they have a number of skills that they could be learning and a number of tools that are waiting for them in the toolbox. They just don't have access to them. So that's what we worked on, giving them the tools and helping them learn how to how to repair, how to de-escalate conflict, how to, you know, stop it in the moment, how to come back to it after it's happened. So that way it eventually, that that wound that got created, that rupture, would get repaired or healed. So, it was a real game changer. And that couple is, you know, one of many, many couples. And also, I see this with individual clients too. I'll, I'll ask clients if they're telling me about an argument they had with somebody or, or even telling me about something that happened as a child. And I'll say, you know, how did your... How did your parents or how did your families resolve conflicts when when they would come up? Or what, ha- what happened when your family would argue? What did you do? And nine times out of ten, the answer I get is basically nothing. There was no conversation about it. You know, the fights would just break out and then eventually someone would walk out or, you know, everyone would just agree to go their separate ways, go to their rooms and then eventually people would come back together, but nobody ever talked about it. Nobody ever properly dealt with what had happened. So, of course, then we grow up, and you know, my clients will grow up. I, this happened to me too. We grow up, and then we don't have certain basic skills. And so we enter into our relationships with friends, lovers, you know, colleagues, our communities without. A real basic skill of how to resolve conflict effectively. So, um, so I see this all the time, and I'm, I'm continuously amazed <laughs> at at how little we are taught about how to really resolve relationship conflict. So, so that's what this podcast is all about, and is a is a is a start to how to do this, and and a start specifically about how to repair these these ruptures that happen around those real sticky conflict around those real sort of gridlock issues so so if you think about your relationships and um, what's happening in your life you know just kind of think for a minute about what those conflicts might be and who they might be with just kind of get that in your mind and your heart for a minute and think about what happens what's the cycle you know what's the topic that always, you know, you circle back to. And as you think about that, I'm going to give you four tools to work with that, to get you from, you know, that place of being in the conflict, being in the rupture, being in the injury, into then a repair, into some healing, into actually treating your injuries um, and helping each other treat them. So, So, the first thing you want to do is Name the blame game, as I call it. Uh, The blame game being what we do when we get into these really sticky gridlock conflicts. And you'll know you're there when it becomes all about the other person. So, and it becomes all about like black and white, right and wrong. You did this and you did that. Um, And there's kind of blaming and name calling and all that stuff. That's the blame game. And you know you're in the land of this gridlock conflict when you're doing that. So the first thing you want to do is just name that, name that process with each other. So agree to say, Hey, you know what? We're doing it again. We're in that place. We're having one of those arguments. Let's pause and pivot. So that's all you have to do is just name it and agree to stop. Just take a moment, take a pause, take a beat and say, we're we, we know where this is going to lead if we don't stop and try to shift directions. So that's step one. Step two is acknowledge that you are a player in this game. So one of the biggest things that leads to conflict is focusing exclusively on what the other person is doing wrong and trying to change the other person that you're having a, an argument with. So obviously that's not going to go over well. If you think about it from your perspective, if someone's trying to change you, or if someone's trying to tell you that you're the one that's completely at fault, it's, you know, you're the one that needs to change, the other person, you know, is um, has no contribution, or they're not doing anything to contribute, it's never going to go over well. You know, the saying it takes two to tango is so true in relationships. So, you always need to acknowledge that you are As we Again, as we say in the personal growth biz, you are making moves as well. So you need to own the moves that you're making. So for instance, like you're having a fight, you've named it, like, oh, we're doing that thing again. Let's pause, let's pivot. And then you say, okay, what I see is this started when I got really angry and started accusing you. That's what I see. Now, what did you see? And then the other person says, well, I see that it started as well, when I got defensive and started to armor up and check out. And so there you are both owning your part. You both are owning that you have some skin in the game. And now you've got a little bit more leverage. Now you've got a little bit more of a, of a setup for negotiation, for empathy, for listening to each other. And those are the building blocks for repairing conflict. So So, move two you want to make, or step two is owning that you are a player too. So, owning your part in the conflict. That's really important. Step three is the dreaded F word feelings. You knew it was coming, it's a big part of it. Uh, Feelings are where it's at when it comes to relationships. It's where, and it's certainly where it's at when it comes to repairing conflict. So, so often, and what I mean specifically about feelings is identifying what you're feeling and feeling it and then sharing that feeling in a respectful way with the person that you're having a conflict with. So if it's saying like I'm really sad right now or you know what I'm I'm just really afraid or you can say I'm just I'm really angry right now. Just saying those things, saying a feeling sharing a feeling is, is healing in and of itself. It's healing for you to kind of just own it as hard as it is to say, yeah, you know what? The bottom line is I'm really hurt and I'm really sad. Um, Or, you know, the heart of the matter is I'm just really afraid right now. Saying that to yourself validates your own experience, your own feelings, um, and then allows the person that you're, in a relationship with that you're arguing to see that and to hear that. And so they can connect with you on an emotional level. And that is so much more uh, productive than, you know, when we're just kind of in attack mode and in defensive mode. But when we feel each other and hear each other talk from the emotional place, from a feeling place, from our hearts, that we are just wired to connect to that and to lean in and empathize. It's like when we see someone bleeding, you know, we kind of intuitively go to sort of help them and stop the bleeding. Sort of the same thing with emotions. When we can really feel and sense somebody's, you know, acknowledging and being genuine and authentic with their feelings, we lean in. So, that's step three. You know, feel your feelings, claim them, own them, share them, manage them. Step four, also about feelings, but it's about the other person's feelings. So, once you have begun to own your own feelings and and acknowledge your feelings, you have more space to be curious about the other person's feelings. And other people have feelings too. (laughs) Um, And they, I laugh just because it's, I mean, I'm so, this is my thing. It's like, oh no, you have to be feeling what I'm feeling. Um, And it has to be the same thing. and, And it has to be the exact same time, all that stuff. So, but the reality is other people have completely different experiences and completely different feelings, and we don't have to understand why they feel what they do, we don't have to agree with what they're feeling, but we do have to accept it, and we do have to be curious about it, because that's what empathy in a relationship is all about. I don't need to feel the way that you feel, I just need to be curious about how you feel, and see how you feel. So, I I want to hear from you, just like I'm going to share with you how I feel, I want to hear from you how you feel. So I want to hear from you, yeah, yeah, I'm scared too, or yeah, I'm sad too, or, you know, I'm afraid, or whatever it might be. So when you begin to open up and be curious about other people's feelings, it really de-escalates conflict in a big way. It's very validating. Empathy is very validating, and it's very calming. So that's, that's kind of where you want to go when you are trying to repair conflict. So there you go, your four steps. That's one, kind of name and stop the blame game. Two, acknowledge that you're a player too in the game. You're making moves that are contributing to the conflict. Three, identify and own and share your feelings. And four, get curious about the other person's feelings and accept that they may have completely different feelings from you and that's okay. They're a different person. And so with those four steps and there are some others too but with those four those are the first four you'll be well on your way to getting into what I call the repair zone which is where you where you want to be after after a conflict and if you can practice those steps and practice that way of being you'll be in a really really good place to heal more than you're hurting so I'm going to wrap up for today but um, I wanted to share a few other things, and those are just three mindsets to be thinking of, to be in when you're making these moves um, that might help you make them move, might make the moves, um, and may help you, you know, like, just be more uh, mindful. So, one is be open to learning something about yourself. So, the whole thing about relationships is that we are, they're, they're lear- that's a lot of learning. You know, we're learning about ourselves, we're learning about other people. Um, But when we step back from this idea of focusing so much on the other person and focusing on what they need to change or what they're doing wrong, and we start to shift the focus to ourselves, we can open up to the idea that I may have something to learn here. And that's a good thing. What can I learn about myself in this relationship? and actually through this conflict that could be useful for me, and also useful for this person that I am that I care about. The second mindset is focus on the kind of person you want to be in this situation. So, you know, say you are a husband or a boyfriend, you know, focus on the kind of husband or boyfriend you really aspire to be. You know, think about the values that you have in your relationships. You know, maybe they're honesty, maybe they're integrity, maybe they're you know, responsiveness, whatever it might be, focus on the kind of person you want to show up as. And that will really help you to show up as that person. It sounds simple, but it's really powerful. And again, it's a, it's a move that's really about directing the attention to, you know, yourself in a different way so that you can be more attentive and aware to the other person as opposed to focusing on, you know, what needs to change about them, you're focusing really on kind of how do I want to show up and what may need to change about me to show up, you know, the way that I want to. And the third mindset is to begin to think about building your discomfort muscle. So, what I mean by that is learning to tolerate more discomfort in the moment. You know, when you get into, when you get into repair and conflict resolution, that is effective and that is thoughtful and intentional, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to learn to tolerate some you know, unpleasant emotions as you are listening and being patient with the other person and being curious and hearing what they have to say, also tolerating the discomfort of being in your own feelings and talking about those and letting yourself be seen in your feelings. You also are going to need to delay gratification Because oftentimes when we are resolving conflict, we're not going to get what we want right in the moment. You know, we're going to have to be patient. We're going to have to say, okay, let's revisit this at another time. Or, you know, I hear what you're saying and I don't agree, but we're not the same person. This isn't about me. You're your own person. And so, you have to learn to tolerate some discomfort and just general generally unpleasant experiences. But the more that you can do that, the easier it will get, and the better, generally, you will get at conflict resolution. And then, of course, your relationships will improve because of that. So, so those three mindsets, you know, be open to learning something about yourself, focusing on the kind of person you want to be in this relationship, and then building that discomfort muscle, getting good at feeling uncomfortable. And if you can get into those mindsets and practice those along with doing those other steps and tools, you'll be in a really sweet spot. Um, And you're going to feel a lot stronger in relationships, and you're going to feel a lot wiser and just more confident. And your relationships are going to be a thousand times better, happier, more fulfilling, more energizing, more peaceful and content. So that is it for today. That is all about uh, resolving conflict about repairing ruptures in relationships and you know circling back to what's going on in the world today, you know I really do believe that if all of us can focus on ourselves and get you know as good as possible at conflict resolution in our own relationships and in our own homes, that we can then extend that into the larger world into our relationships with neighbors, communities, people who are, different from us, our governments, other countries, things like that. So, I truly do believe that the path to to broad-scale social change starts with us on an individual basis and starts with one-on-one relationships, starts with families, things like that. So, think about that. Give it a try. I would love to hear from you about what your experiences are with using these tools, but also just in general, what Ideas you have about resolving conflict in your relationship, and how do you repair ruptures when they happen, and heal wounds and things like that? Um, so, comment, in um, share a view, go on uh, Facebook, Instagram, share comments, um, and let me know your thoughts. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll look forward to talking with you next time. Bye, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to Gay Men's Life Lab. If you liked what you heard, I'd love for you to head over to iTunes and subscribe. While you're there, please consider giving the show a quick rating and maybe share an episode with your friends, loved ones, and colleagues. And if you want more information, visit buckdotson.com, find me on Instagram and Facebook at at Buck Coaching, and on my YouTube channel, Buck Dotson Coaching and Counseling. And remember that personal growth and creating the life, relationships, and work you want as a gay man is a process. So take one step at a time, rest when you need it, show yourself compassion, and ask for help along the way. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.